Welcome back to episode 90 of Your Best Year Starts Here. This is so cool. We've changed venue. We are no longer social distancing. We are well. We have a gap between us, but we've got new equipment. And Neil is like a little boy with new toys. <laughs> he's had to show me some buttons he's pressed, and um, in his life, the buttons he presses changes people's lives. But in this room, he's got these special gadgets, and the, the singing and the dancing and the camera lights. He is like super excited. So episode ninety is going to be a. a, a Version dedicated, a podcast dedicated to Neil Martin and his super new skills. (laughs) So, Neil, welcome to my home. It's been about six months, it seems, if not longer. It's been a while. It's been a while. We've changed rooms to give us a bit more social distancing because we're following the letter of the law. We don't need to wear a mask um, because that would be really difficult to do a podcast with. Um, But tell me your news. What's going on and what you... Business idea have you got to share with us this week? Well, there's been a lot going on, albeit in weird and like, how can I put it, abnormal ways, you know. Um, the world has changed beyond recognition since, you know, since the whole lockdown thing started. Are you going to say unprecedented? Uh, I'm trying to avoid that word because it's been a little bit overused. Um, I mean, you mentioned the word social distancing. I also have an issue with that word. I think it should be physical distancing. I don't want to distance from people socially, but I am happy to distance physically for very obvious reasons. So I have the same issue with the people when they say remote workers. They're not remote. They're just in a different place of work. Exactly. So we're no longer going to say remote workers. We're no longer going to say social distancing. We're going to say physical distancing, two metres, and people who are displaced or in a new place of work. Yeah, and it's interesting, actually, you mentioned that because a bunch of my clients that I've been talking to are already talking about, actually some of their teams have been more productive not in the office. Do you know why that's the reason? Do you know why that's the case? I can make a few good guesses, yeah. One of the reasons is when people are trusted to work from home and they leave their bedroom at 8.59 after showering and they get to the office at 9, they have less tension, less stress. They haven't been standing on the underground on buses and walking in hot and sweaty. And they are more consciously aware that the job they have to do can be done from home. And whilst people need interaction and physical interaction and social interaction, there are a lot of people's jobs that can do a better job by not being distracted. Because then, you're going to love this quote, they're in the room. Yep. And you know that when you're on on Zoom, be on Zoom, and when you're in the room, be in the room, providing you have a workplace that allows you to be free and to think and to be creative. I don't think 50% of people will ever go back to the workplace. Yep. The same way that lots of different jobs can be redone, not replaced, but redone, and different ways of working. Um, I'm desperate to get back in front of a live audience. Um, I've done okay doing Zooms. I've done 89. I think we're, by the end of this week, I've done my 100th. Do I want to be in front of a live audience? Yes. Do I understand why I can't? Yes. Do I get annoyed about it? Yes. I mean, the list goes on. But here we are. We're back in a house. We've got a bit of distancing going on. We've got all the equipment. And we've got new topics to share for the next six, seven weeks. 
to tell me what's really on your mind right there, Neil. I, I mean, I think I think there's a few things, but one of the big ones for me has been the number of people in this lockdown that have been talking about doing things like a boss. You know, this is the time to step up in your business and treat it like a boss, like a boss, like a boss. Run your business like a boss. Treat people like you're the boss. And I absolutely hate that term. Because? Because for me, a boss is like a bully. In fact, I actually, I, I was having a... I get weird ideas very often in the shower, right? And I was in the shower the other day. This is no longer for over 18. (laughs) And I was in the shower the other day, and when I got out, I had to grab something that I could make notes on because it it came to me what I actually think a boss is. Because the B of boss is bully. That's the first part. Because for me, you know, being a boss is about control. It's about control of other people and things that really we can't control, but it's about trying to have that control, okay? Um, I'll give you the brief summary, then who knows, we might go deeper. The, uh, the O is actually about overpowering because, you know, a leader empowers, but I think a boss overpowers. It's my way or no way. You know, we are doing it like this, end of, and I don't care if your idea is better, we're still doing it my way. And then the two S's for me, one is about scare, as in it's using fear as a weapon, it's using fear as a tool, and the other one is about shame. You know, it's, it's almost about, I think being a boss is almost about building like a codependent relationship with your team. It's about the people that work for you feeling like they can't go anywhere, even though they're desperate to be somewhere that isn't working for you. That's how I see a boss relationship. And that's one of the reasons why bosses for so long have not wanted me to do what we call remote working, because they've wanted to control the scenario. And because it was forced on them on the 23rd of March... And it's been proved to be so successful. Lots of bosses, as you would say, are now wanting to come back to the workplace. Forget that it brings people back into cities and it's going to help the likes of pret and everyone else. But lots of bosses have lots and lots of control and they don't like it. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And see, what's worse, the results are better by them, by them not being bossed about. And I'm sure we'll get to other words, but because you're not being bossed about, People have the freedom to do their own things. It's, yeah, it's, it's removing micromanagement. I mean, I, I can honestly say from personal experience, right, I've, you know, I've worked in a lot of different organizations over my career. And even before I started my kind of professional career, I did a lot of different jobs in a lot of different businesses, even if it was short term. So, you know, when I was a, when I was a student, I had the envious or unenvious job one summer of being the guy that prints the labels that get stuck on fruit. You know, I've hand-cooked crisps. I've cooked them. You know, I've done a whole bunch of weird and wonderful things over the years and been in a lot of different environments and have seen a lot of different cultures as a result of that. And there are some people who want to micromanage every single detail. You know, they talk about delegation, but they don't really mean delegation because to me, delegation is here is a task that needs to be done. Take ownership of it. Take responsibility. Come back to me when it's done. Not here is precisely how I would do this, and I'm going to stand over your shoulder and make sure you do it my way. Or worse, they are delegating the task. I've just told you what to do. Instead of me fitting to do it, I'm going to ask you to do it my way. You're going to do it exactly. And then when you're finished, let me see how many mistakes you've made. Exactly. And you know that bosses are what I call pure perfectionists. They're only happy with their imperfection, so they can then show why they're the boss. So, you know, great leaders, and I'm sure we'll come on to that later on or even next episode, but great leaders allow mistakes. Yep. Bosses love a mistake because it can show them why they are the boss, and this would never have happened if I had done it myself. 
That's why it's so interesting for people who are now working and self-isolating and working from home, in a sense, that they've got to do the job and then no one's looking over their shoulders. And the real, real clever people who are leading their people to get on with their own jobs, someone's not looking over their shoulder. They're not physically being timed when they're coming in. They can probably do all of their work in half a day. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I had a conversation with... um, now an ex-business partner of mine, right? But someone that I used to work with quite closely. And I was explaining about my my ideal person to recruit is somebody that is capable of doing a job, that basically comes to me when they have a problem that they don't know how to overcome, but comes to me with suggestions as to how, how to overcome it, basically asking for some guidance on which of these will be the best way forward. That's my ideal person, because I like people to be able to think for themselves. And I basically got told, well, where the hell do you find people like that? Like... Almost like those people don't exist. But the reality is if you give people the freedom to put their ideas forward in a way that they're encouraged to bring new ideas to the table, then that's the culture you build and that's how people show up. If you instead you've got a culture that says, hey, you bring something to the table and it doesn't match with my ideas, I'm going to tell you why it's wrong. That's why you don't get people bringing the ideas. You know? So friends of mine, Steve Simpson and Seth Duplessis, who have something called the concept of UGRs, they created it for 100 grams. It's all about culture. Mm-hmm. And they all tell you, there's no such thing as a company culture, it's a person's culture. So, you know, when they say that that's the way things are done around here, and that's the way we do things around here. So if you allow people to do their own stuff, and then they're allowed to play, life works. And if you make people do things the way they've always done it, that's how cultures get created. And, and then you ask, well, I wonder why things happen like this. Well, that's because that's the culture of the boss yep. more than the culture of a great leader. Yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. I mean, you know, with my CEO stuff, you know, the constantly empowering others thing and the framework around that, I, I effectively teach, you know, culture, conversation, consistency. And I make it very, very clear that if you're a leader, if you're a CEO, it starts with you. It's what culture do you have for yourself? Because that's what you're actually showing everybody else to follow. It doesn't matter what you ask them to do or what you tell them to do. It's the well, example no you lead. A, that's no different as a parent. You know, if you swear at the TV and then say to your kid, don't swear. I mean, I, you, I don't know if you've been watching the football over the weekend. But there will be people screaming at their football teams. And then the kid says the same word. You go, well, that's not acceptable. Well, they're only doing it because they've seen it. No, no one's born a bigot. No one is born a racist. No one is born with bad language. It's all learned behaviour. Absolutely. And, and unfortunately... Bad bosses normally had bad bosses. Bullied parents were normally bullied. Yeah, and it's the same, actually, it's not even just parents. You know, bullies, even in, like in school, learn how to be a bully normally by being bullied, right? You know, you take the experience that you, that you have and then you put that experience onto other people. That is the norm. The big thing for me is taking time to get to know yourself at a deep enough level you take a step back and go, why do I do some of the things I do? You know, is there another way of doing the same thing that gives me the same or a better result, but actually is kinder to everybody else around me? You know, like one of my own unwritten rules is don't do any harm, you know, and I'm not saying I never ever harm anybody or anything. I do, but I try not to, you know, and I have an awareness of if I'm doing harm, how and where is that happening? And how can I, how can I minimize the impact of that, you know? But look, you know that my wife is a child and adolescent psychotherapist, and all that behaviour comes from learned behaviour. You know, very few people ever come to my wife as a, as a therapist and go, 
I have no idea why this is an issue. Well, yeah. it didn't just start yesterday afternoon. It didn't happen when the phone call came, can you see my child, can you see my cousin? Somewhere along the line there was an issue. And unfortunately, most bosses who I encounter using your four letters, it's not so much they're a bully. They just think there's a, oh, there's a way of it being done. There's no chance of it done in a different manner. And when it's not done their way, they're surprised and then belittle, which is another word of your yep. of the boss part, they belittle the person to make them feel superior and more powerful. You know, one of the things I talk about with lions is you never want to make them look stupid in public. Yep. Because otherwise the backlash and and as you can imagine, I know this is hard. That I have embarrassed a few people in my open presentation. <laughs> really? I, yes, I know. <laughs> and then I've realised about ten minutes too late. They are the boss of the organisation, and although it seemed funny at the time, the backlash of me berating or belittling or making fun of. And in my mind, I didn't think I was doing that, but in their eyes, and that's the whole point about I've treated that line, who's yeah. a bit of a boss in a certain way. If I'd have had my zookeeper hat on, instead of being a boss to that person, I would have been a leader. And I thought, I wonder how they're going to take this communication. Because you berate a bad boss, and you are going to be in trouble with them forever because you've made them look silly. So let's all learn from this that you will have some bosses in your time. You will have bosses in the future. You can't always change their behavior. And if you can't change their behavior, then you have to change position. If you don't like your marriage because you're in a relationship with a boss and you can't change them, then you need to leave. If you have friends, and I have had friends in the past that acted that way. When I go to a restaurant, and you would have seen this and you know me well enough, when the bill comes, if we're not splitting the bill down the middle, or and someone says, and I don't drink, as you know, and someone then says, I think I've just had to pay for the wine because of the time. Let's just split the bill. Normally it's a boss who wants to take over and look powerful, yeah. and those people cause concern. So I think the lesson for everyone who's listening to this week's podcast is there are bosses out there. Most of them, if they're under the Neil Martin term of boss, aren't pleasant to work with. If you can't get on with your boss, don't try and change them. Yeah. Find another company, find another career, find another partner, and look after yourself, the oxygen mask scenario. Look after yourself, because trying to change a bad boss it's like trying to teach a pig to sing. It's a waste of time and it annoys the pig. Just think about that. I think our time is up for this week. It is, yeah. Um, I was going to say one other thing really quickly, which was just the shame part. You know, it's the difference between shame and guilt. One is about the person and one is about the behavior. You know, to me, a leader will highlight issues with behavior in the workplace. But they, don't, they make it about the behavior, not about the person. What a boss does is makes it about the person, which is how it breeds shame and how it becomes you know, something that's so ingrained and so difficult for somebody to deal with. But you are right. We are up to time. Um, there is another acronym, which is for leader, but I guess we do that next week. Let's wait for episode 91. Yay! Wait. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Your best year. It starts right here. That's a wrap. <laughs>